1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on another big midweek of Scottish football. Rangers could be champions by the end of the week, but only if they beat Livingston tonight. Mathaki's also playing St Johnston. Stevie Clark's focusing on taking Scotland to next year's World Cup, despite being linked with the Celtic job. And the dates for this season's Scottish Cup have been revealed, and it'll restart in under three weeks' time. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy. Yeah, I mean, uh, tonight uh, Rangers can go a huge step closer to winning that first uh, title in 10 years. Uh, Gordon playing the the, the League Cup runners-up in Livingston. It's always a tricky match there, uh, you know, at the Tony Macaroni Stadium, you know, and uh, Rangers, you know, have to work hard to make sure they get those three points. If they do, as I said, that puts them right within touching distance of that title. Um, As far as the Celtic uh, job is concerned, still plenty of names getting bandied about. Uh, Stevie Clark almost um, dismissed that from uh, some of the question and answer stuff he was going through this week. So, uh, weeks to come, we'll find out who's going to be the new Celtic manager. Andy Halliday, spoiled rotten as usual. I think every single week you've ever been on this show, uh, we've got midweek football to keep us occupied. Yep, and it's the first time ever that a Lanarkshire team wasn't involved. So, it's a bit of a bonus today. But, yeah, congratulations to Johnson, first and foremost, our first ever Scottish League Cup. Uh, winner's medal and coming up against the, the bottom team in the SPL Hamilton tonight so another big game there and uh, it's Livingston I mean it seems a long time ago since that that Livingston 14 on game, uh, mm-hmm. on game unbeaten run and it's uh, they're coming up against the soon to be champions and Rangers today so I'm looking forward to watching the games 0141 that is the number you need to get in touch these 6 o'clock kickoffs are a bit strange uh, but if you find yourself shouting at the TV I say this every week because I mean it why not just shout at us instead so Rangers fans Uh, Give us a call Let us know how you think The game is going Celtic fans Until such time As you get a new manager The speculation And the discussion Will continue So keep those thoughts Coming in Uh, Stevie Clark as well Mentioning uh, Being in charge of Scotland Up until in the World Cup Next year Uh, And a big one today The dates for this season's Scottish Cup Have been revealed It'll restart In under three weeks time Very keen To get Jim Duffy's thoughts On that As a lower league manager We await confirmation as to when those lower leagues will, will restart Like we told you um, on last night's show um, But what do you make of that? What do you make of the Scottish Cup getting a restart? Does that surprise you? Had you resigned yourself to the fact that it might not return? Of course, Celtic fans It gives you the chance of, of silverware Ending your season on a high After a disappointing campaign Rangers fans, does this set up a domestic double? Give us all your thoughts And anything else we've missed 0141 one o two five. Any truth in the rumour that they're calling this the Andy Halliday Derby, <laughs> Livingston Rangers? Is that is that going to catch on? Um, I'm not too sure. Livingston fans will go along with I'm that. I'm going to push it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had I had good times there. Uh, still speak to a couple of the boys that are still there, but yeah, I, I suppose I've got a bit stronger allegiance to the other side. Um, Jim Duffy. I tried to put the appropriate amount of emphasis. Rangers could be champions by the end of the week. They need to win tonight, though. And then they need mm-hmm. to hope that Celtic don't do the business on Sunday. But it's clearly, mm-hmm. the, you know, we're getting there. It's within touching distance. Yeah, well, that just shows how close it can be when you say there's the opportunity to win it within the next uh, few days. Uh, you know, but Stephen Gerrard has said, you know, they've waited a long time. They just don't want to stumble. Well, I suppose they wouldn't really mind if they stumbled over the line as long as they get over the line. But they want to do it as quickly as they possibly can. 
and and you know going to to Livingston tonight gives them that opportunity to do that and and puts pressure on Celtic. Albeit you know it's the, the inevitable, uh, inevitably Rangers will win the title, but they want to try and delay it as long as they possibly can, particularly with the old firm match coming up in a couple of weeks. We had a bit of fun with a couple of the callers last night, Andy. Do you want to just win it at the earliest possible convenience? <laughs> Or would you rather hold off a couple of weeks and win it against Celtic? That will be going through the Rangers fans' minds. I think I could have probably guessed quite a few of the answers. Well, one guy did say, you know, just wants to win it as soon as possible. Well, at the end of the day, you know, anyone that's connected to the football club's waited 10 years for the for, for this title, so I suppose they could maybe wait an extra week. Wouldn't, wouldn't do any harm, right? 01419511025. Like I said, we're, we're slowly getting used to this now. We do have six o'clock kickoffs, which are a bit strange for us because there are games on at the same time. But just give us your thoughts as the games are going on. Luckily, plenty of other big stories doing the rounds as well. Celtic search for a manager. And very keen to get your thoughts on the resumption of the Scottish Cup. Because I think a lot of people on this phone-in had been telling us they thought the Scottish Cup wouldn't happen, wouldn't go ahead. But it is going to be brought back and it's quite a fixture list. Uh, we've got to run through that with you soon. But since we are just kicking off, Hamilton nil, St Johnston nil. Livy nil, Rangers nil. I'll, I'll quickly I'll take a quick look at the teams. It's, it seems a bit strange given that the game is, is seven minutes old. Um, for Rangers, Andy, I don't suppose any any surprises at all. Nathan Patterson plays again. Will he at some stage serve a domestic suspension? Maybe, but that's not happened yet. So he's in the team. That's perhaps the, the headline, if you like. Other than that, usual goalkeeper, Goldson, Halander, Barisic, back four, Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Kent, Aribo, Morelos. Yeah, I mean, if you asked, if you said to me you know, three weeks ago that Nathan Patterson would be playing in this game, I'd be surprised. But after his obviously his, his midweek heroics last week, and uh, I thought Leon Balogun certainly struggled in the in the first half of that game. It's no surprise to see him back in the back in the fold. I think Stephen Gerrard obviously just looking at you know football first and and try to do the business to get the the club over the line and. And Nathan Partson, I'm pretty sure, has, has served some type of, you know, punishment uh, within the club, and I'm sure it'll be the right one. It, you know, there might be further punishment coming his way for the SFA, but I, I think that a, a big bonus to Rangers seeing Scott Arfield back in, back involved and back, uh, back fit. I think he started the season on fire, probably the best period of games he's had in the Rangers jersey so it's good to see him back in the back in the team. He's a local one for him. He's from that part of the world, of course. Jim Duffy going to Livingston has been a difficult. Place for, for teams to go mm. In the last couple of seasons Is this as daunting As it maybe would have been Five Six weeks ago Has Has Livy's magic Worn off a little bit Oh no I don't see the magic's Worn off But obviously They've had a couple of Disappointing results Whereas As Andy had pointed out I mean the record Initially under David Martindale Was just phenomenal You know He just went, he was going through, you know, Game after game And uh, just winning But he's still got A decent record I mean It's, it's, it's not falling apart they, they, they lost narrowly to St Johnson They will have been devastated Because I don't think they were anywhere near their best I certainly think St Johnson deserved the, to, to win But, um, you know, at home Against Rangers You know, I, I think as I said before they're, they're always a difficult side I mean, no one can question their commitment Or their desire And Rangers have to match that But uh, I was, I'm, I'm a wee bit surprised That, um, you know, nothing's happened yet Regarding, um, you know, Nathan Patterson And the rest of the guys that was involved uh, uh, you know, and and the the incident because it gives Rangers a little bit of an advantage in the sense that he's he can play and then and obviously the longer he can stay in the team, the more time as for uh, James Tavernier to get fit. So I'm sure there's a there's a number of fans probably wouldn't be entirely happy with that. But nevertheless, he's 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 a, he's got a talent, the boy, uh, and I think he definitely gives Rangers a more balance on that right hand side than than Balogun did in the opening ten minutes. Andy Livingston have been doing plenty of. Livingston like things <laughs> lots of lots of balls into Rangers box trying to make life difficult no 
clear chances But a few sites at goal And now with 10 minutes Rangers have a corner And that's one of the first times We've really seen them Put a sustained attack together Yeah definitely I think you know What I've noticed so far In the first 10 minutes Is Rangers are playing A lot more direct I think they're just Maybe trying to play the pitch Early on you just seen a ball there Over the top for Nathan Patterson And, and straight away It's that different bounce On the Astro Tough It checks back And it's a difficult ball For the Robinson defenders To deal with And it eventually goes out For a Rangers corner But it's been a pretty direct First 10 minutes But no, certainly no chances uh, And Jim The scheduling of the League Cup Is mm. different now In the sense that it comes So early on in the season Well tell why It should have been November or whatever yeah, it is, the start of December. But what I mean is, there's a lot of football to be played after it. It's not mm-hmm. like the Scottish Cup. So if you're Livy, are you feeling a bit sorry for yourself tonight? And in the other game, St Johnson, are you flying high? Can that work in two ways? Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, I mean, you, you, I think the fact is that um, Livy's not playing Rangers is, is definitely going to help them in some aspects because they know they can't feel sorry for themselves. If they did, Rangers would absolutely go to town on them. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, you know, under David Martindale, when they take the players they have and the way they play, you wouldn't expect it of them. That's the reason why I think it will be a tough match for Rangers. As far as St John's is concerned, yeah, they, they can go one or the other. They can absolutely be hyper and, and flying, or they could be yeah, just feeling the, the, the results of the celebrations and it might just be, just that wee edge just might be off them. And just quickly before we get stuck in on the phones, that's a massive game as well, Hamilton-St. Johnson, because Hamilton are, are now bottom. They do have a game in hand, though, uh, over Kilmarnock who they're level on points with and as for St Johnson is this sort of make or break top six they, they trail St Mirren um, by five points so you know win tonight puts a bit of pressure on but, but lose tonight then you know it, it looks like it would be bottom six for them yeah and I think Callum Davidson's uh, post-match you know press conference after the, the cup final heroic sort of summed that up I think he just said that you know, any champagne on ice has got to be put on hold to, towards the, the end of the season because we've still got a big job on our, on our hands to try and get top six. And I think you've seen for their performances of late and certainly some of the results that, that that's their aim. And I think they're, they're starting to hit their stride. So you know, they can certainly go on a run from now to the end of the season for, for top six. But listen, they're coming up against the best team in the country <laughs> come the end of the season in Hamilton. A survival specialist. Right, <laughs> 01419511025. Let's take a call from Brian. Is a Celtic fan going to kick things off tonight? What is your point for the panel, Brian? How's it going, guys? You okay? All good, thanks. Uh, my point is, I've got a couple of points. Um, I just can't believe what I'm watching this season at Celtic. I mean, the last couple of seasons, and even before that, when Rodgers and that was there, the recruitment, some of the recru- recruitment has been absolutely abysmal, and I just don't know what's going on at my club anymore. I mean, I'm looking at with New Lennon's first uh, stint at Celtic. They were signing guys that all went on to play in the Premier League, and European football you've got the likes of Virgil van Dijk Joe Ledley Ki Sung Young the list goes on and on of the, the guys that Neil Lennon signed that were top class players and in this season they've got like guys like Shane Duffy and that Barca's goalkeeper guys that aren't even fit to wear the jersey playing for Celtic you're not telling me Neil Lennon's went for signing the best centre back in world football Virgil van Dijk to sign in Shane Duffy there's something went seriously wrong at Celtic this year and I don't believe that, that man's took the brunt all the bad things that's happened this year. I know uh, it lies with him, he's the manager and that, but even the likes he wasn't allowed to bring in his own backroom team and he's talking about mitigating circumstances. There's something going on behind the scenes at Celtic. Uh, it's definitely not right, so I just wanted to get the guys' thoughts on that. So you, you're picking out recruitment as being the main sort of factor, Brian, because there's loads going on here, isn't there? You've got managerial and player performances and various other things, but recruitment, that's the thing that sticks in your throat the most. There's a, there's a lot of things going on, yeah, but recruitment's massive. I mean, 
even before that, when Strachan and that was there, you had they were trying to sign guys for big clubs. I mean, I mean, some of them didn't work out, but at least they were signing guys for like Thomas Gravison for Real Madrid, Donati for Milan, Venegor Hesswink for PSG Eindhoven. Now they're just looking about the bottom of the championship and signing guys that are just they're just not good enough to to wear the jersey. In my opinion, do you know what I mean? All right, let's. Go for that, Jim. Not to start unpicking Brian's point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brian's got some good points here in terms of some of the some of the signings, as, as we know, haven't haven't you know worked out. You, you you always get the other side of the fence. Somebody like Frimpong, for instance, you know, when, when whether it's eleven million and whatever percentage that Man City got, who knows? But regardless of that, he still went for a hefty sum of money. Um, uh, you know, this year. And Celtic also are a business have to try and balance the books. I think they posted a loss of six and a half million or something. So, you know, the, the, there is elements where you, you won't get it right all the time. But I think you've got to get the balance right. And I think, you know, recruitment's been poor. There's been no doubt about it in the in the last year or so. And, uh, and also the development of players. I think that uh, traditionally Celtic have developed, whether it's a, a Kieran Tierney or a James Forrest further back and a McGregor further back, you know, the, the, the players have to improve and I don't think there's been a lot of Celtic players have actually improved this year. The, the, if you look at it from the, the last year, the last couple of years, you know, they all seem to have been back a little bit. I mean, I can't, I can't really think, you know, obviously David Turnbull's come in as a new signing, but in terms of players that have been there, I can't really think of... Too many, if any, that I think. Oh, they, he he's improved. He looks a better player this year than he did last year, and that's the other side of it um, from from the management side. But yeah, Neil Lennon ha- has said that there's been a few other issues which he's man- he's keeping close to his chest, and I think he's 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 a, he's a Celtic man. He doesn't want to to make things any more difficult than they currently are. But uh, yeah, I agree with Brian uh, in, in essence that. Um, you know the the quality hasn't been there, and you know whether it's a director of football comes in, they're going to have to get the next couple of signings absolutely bang on because if they don't, um, you know again this type of criticism will, will, will stay with them. I mean to be fair, Andy, if Virgil Van Dijk is your your benchmark, you're, you're not always no, you're always going to be able to do no that. Idea, is it? You're not always going to be able to do that, but. But Gordon At the same time And I would say this to Brian When Shane Duffy was linked with Celtic I don't think there's a fan out there That didn't think That it's not going to be A great signing for Celtic He's got 78 caps For Republic of Ireland He's played over 200-250 games In the English Premier League And I think he actually got Player of the season for Brighton In the Premier League as well And on paper That was all That that always looked as if It was going to be a successful signing For Celtic Because at that time as well At the beginning of the season Celtic were still leaking goals You know We still talked about the same issues Where they weren't aggressive uh, aggressive enough At set pieces Or defending You know Set pieces And and, and wide free kicks And and crosses into the box And whatnot. I do Even said that I still do agree with Brian I do think that Nicky Hammond You know Deserves a a big share of the blame For for the What's been a poor season For Celtic You look at Albion A Yeti Have Celtic had a decent return For £5 million No uh, you know the likes of for me Barkas for me Barkas is the big one if you know it's, there was so much talk about Fraser Foster coming in and, and how much Celtic potentially need to pay but they're bringing in a goalie they know that can win them points and potentially win them that that link in that, and obviously that that turn their open and, and then they go for a sort of unknown quantity in Barkas that's the ones that you have to get right that, for me that season defining I've spoken about it so many times how much how much belief a good goalkeeper gives a team and for £5 million did they get that one right but certainly doesn't look like it I mean Brian I could not possibly defend Celtic's recruitment record recently but I wonder if you're being a bit selective with the comparisons because like we said Virgil van Dijk was not the best defender in the world when, when Celtic signed him he is a is a gem that's a sort of a, a rarity um, and what about Andy's point regarding Shane Duffy because you, you know you've held it up there as how did we go from van Dijk 
to Shane Duffy But I'm, I'm pretty sure you would have been happy With the signing of Shane Duffy at the time Were you not? Definitely not No this, this hasn't been going on Just the last couple of seasons guys This has been going on For a good few seasons Back to when Brendan Rodgers And that was there as well Guys like Jack Hendry And that coming in I mean guys that aren't even fit To wear the Celtic jersey I mean in comparison If you look at The last like, a few years ago Like Mark, compare Martin O'Neill's team Neil Lennon's first team To the, the guys over the last few years I mean Half the guys wouldn't even get in them teams I mean, and the coaching, I mean, you had guys like Johan Mialby, Alan Thompson and that helping the guys behind the scenes. Now you've got this bloody iPad guy, we Gavin Stratton, one of the worst coaches I've ever seen in my life. Not, not, no, not two nights in a row. We can't, we, th- that iPad is getting far too much focus on this show. He was labelled iPad Boy last night. That was the nickname. <laughs> Someone called him iPad Boy. Gordon, if you look at any Premier know, League why match, does this keep happening? If any top Premier League match, nearly every coach has got an iPad. Nearly every coach. And they're sitting they're, Either the manager's got one next to him And his assistant Or various coaches Have got an, a, a, an iPad that's o- just Other the, tablets are available Yeah other t- tablets are available Right But that, that's the nature of football That doesn't mean that you're not A good coach Or you can't You can't uh, add something To the coaching team It's part of a team uh, it's, it's absolute nonsense um, to, to say things like that I mean again You can be selective You can say Jack I mean you can say Stuart Armstrong Stuart Armstrong came for Dundee United I mean, and 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 a, and a relatively poor um, Southampton team just now. He's a stick out player, and but he went for seven million down there as well. So you won't get them all right, but you can't just pick and choose which guys you thought were worth the money and say, "Oh, these guys only fit to wear the jersey," because some guys do develop further down the line. To be fair, over the piece though. You, you would struggle to put a positive spin on it recently, wouldn't you, over the piece, yeah, as, as, as said, a body of work? Yeah, as I said, recently. And as I said, also, I think the one thing that Brendan Rogers did is he improved individuals. Whereas I said, and I think in the last, certainly year, as I said, there's not been as many Celtic players, I think, that could turn around and say they've actually improved, their performances improved, their consistency levels have improved. But, um, you know, I think, uh, as I said, bringing players to the club is, is twofold. Celtic have, you know, over the last few years, whereas Dembele, whereas Edward, even though he was a hefty sum of money, whatever it happens to be, they've tried to look at players and then um, cash in on that investment further down the line. And by and large, they have done that every year, as I said to you at the start, even just a few weeks ago, to get another one with Frimpong. So, you know, financially, they've done not too bad, but the quality has definitely dropped. There's no doubt about it. Someone, and forgive me, you're not getting your, your shout-out that you deserve, sent me a picture last night of Sean Maloney in the Belgium dugout holding an yeah, iPad. <laughs> Heart's breaking everywhere that he's now ruled himself out of the job. He can't possibly, because he's... I'd be more worried iPad. if it was a Kindle they were holding, but an iPad, I mean... A bit of light reading. Was that, <laughs> was that a Kindle? Was that a Kindle? Or a, kin- <laughs> a Kindle? He's oh. just like Hugh Keevans. Um, yeah, other tablets are available. Thank you, Brian. In Stirling, still goalless in the two games tonight, Livy Rangers and Hamilton against St. Johnston. It's a great time to get your calls in. 0141-951-1025. We could be speaking to you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Still goalless in the two big Premiership matches Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy are waiting to take your calls 01419511025 The Andy Halliday derby in Livingston Not a classic no, yet Is that fair? Uh, I think it started to calm down a little bit I think Rangers are starting to implement their style a little bit more And dominate possession and, and do what they do But again in, in the way of chances there's There's been no shots on goal no, Neither keepers had sort of any sort of meaningful save to make So 
Yeah, it's certainly not a classic so far. Yeah, it's still quite a bit to get through between now and eight o'clock. Still want to get your thoughts on the Scottish Cup dates. I'll give you them, but it starts in a couple of weeks. Jim Duffy and Andy Haldy are going to be well placed to give us their um, opinions on that. So we'll do that at some point. Make sure you get your calls in on that topic. Let's go back to the phones and see what Craig in Cardonald has got for us. Hi, Craig. Hi, guys. You all right? Um... Just on the last call, talking about comparing players, I think what a lot of the fans are alluding to at the moment is, and we've named names like Virgil van Dijk, Jason Denier, Victor Winyama, so on and so on. These are players that have been brought in for nominal fees, like them, like them belly, and sold on. Joel Edley was a name for about. Joel Edley was brought in for a decent amount of money. Went for a decent amount of money. But you're talking now players like Vasilis Barkas, uh, Albion Ayeti, Patrick Kalamala. You're talking now on £14 million worth of players. Now, I think what the last kind of call I was getting at was Neil Lennon brought in your Winyamas and so on and so on. How can it go so wrong for him and his judgment? But was that his judgment that brought in these players? Or was that he went and said, look, I need a goalkeeper, I need a striker, I need a defender. And the head of recruitment, i.e. Nicky Hammond, has went, right, well, we've got this player, we've seen this player, we've seen this player, and he goes out and gets them. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think, for a guy that picked so many quality players, but I also do believe that, I think, was it John Park was yep. at the, the recruitment at the time? I think that has a lot to do with it. As well, and I think that's where Celtic have been sadly lacking as the recruitment has been abysmal. Yeah. The players that are there just don't. They just, I think the management style was wrong as well. I look at when Brendan Rodgers was there, it was focused on fitness, diet, science, everything around the whole lifestyle of football. And if you look across the other side of the city, and Andy will probably have a better, a, a better view on this having played for Rangers, and I think that's what Stephen Gerrard has brought to Rangers. He's brought that philosophy of you live it. It's, it's a lifestyle that you live. It's the fitness, the mentality, the science, the recovery, everything about it. And I think that's where Celtic have maybe fell short in the last two years. Yeah, let's go start on recruitment then, since that's been popular on the phones. Jim, this is where it becomes difficult because you can make um, you can make kind of rough assessments, but until you know for sure what was the balance of responsibility between John Park and Neil Lennon first time, mm-hmm. and what's the balance of responsibility between Nicky Hammond and Neil Lennon this time, mm-hmm. we we're not privy to that. Fans aren't privy to that, so it's it's quite difficult to mm-hmm. you know you can understand why you you would look at the last time and say mm-hmm. oh Van Dijk, Juan Yama. What's changed? What's changed? Has Neil Lennon's judgment got worse? Was was John mm-hmm. Park more involved? Is Nicky Hammond more involved? Mm-hmm. It's tough to say. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a scouting system, and you know, and you have various contacts, um, or you know, and, and and a variety of resources now that you can look at for players. I mean, I remember many years ago when Tommy Burns and that was there, when the likes of Van Hoy, uh, Van Hoy, don't was a Decanio cadet. I think it was Andy Ritchie was it was looking at the players then, um, you know, and you know, then as as, as Craig said John Park was there for a good number of years and and was instrumental in some top players coming to the club. There's no doubt about that. And I'm sure Nicky Hammond has a, has a huge responsibility and part to play in that. And I I, I think he's a, you know I think he'd be he'd be right in saying that 
You know, we'd have a discussion. The style of player, the type of player. Financially, um, Nicky Armin would discuss that with Peter Lawwell and say, right, okay, what can I play? And then they would maybe come back with, with a few options to Neil Lennon and then he would maybe get involved. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're second-guessing this, but that's normally the way it, it, it would work. And therefore, the player would then, sorry, the manager then may, may, may have um, a more to say at that stage, but it might be options put in front of his desk and then they decide where to go from that. I'm sure the goalkeeper Stevie Woods would have uh, more of an impact, uh, an impact on that as well. So, listen, that th- isn't the way it used to be, and that's that's the other thing. And and, and Rangers are the same. You know, uh, it's, it's not Stephen Gerrard that sources all the players and says this is who I want. You know, again, so it's Celtic are with no different to many many top clubs. The difference is. This time around, it hasn't been successful. And that's the reason why people are looking at the structure and that structure will change. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously Jim's probably in a a better position to me to answer that question. Who knows, uh, from my point of view, how how much of a say Neil Lennon does have in the transfers. But correct me if I'm wrong, I I think Celtic brought in, was it six or seven players at the start of the the season? You're looking at it, David Tumble's probably the only one that's been a real success story and and Celtic obviously tried to bring him in the year before as well, but I think it ties into what Jim said earlier. You still have to get the best out of the players that you're at, dis- uh, at your disposal. You know, the likes of Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, Odson Edward, players that have been fantastic for Celtic over the last two or three seasons, and, and uh, a huge part of why they've been so successful in, in winning domestic trophies that they have. Even all of them, you've got to say, they've had the, probably the poorest season all of them have had in their Celtic career. Uh, I think Craig mentioned Stephen Gerrard and what he's done with Rangers. Not only recruitment wise and bringing in the right type of players and making them better, but the likes of Ryan Jack and Alfredo Morelos, it was always uh, that had already been there. He elevated their game. He elevated their game and made them better. And obviously, it just it made for a, a more well-rounded team. But going going into this season, whether it's Nicky Hammond or, or whoever's in the job and whoever's got the biggest say in, in what the recruitment's got to be, they've got to get it right because there's going to be plenty of changes at Celtic in the summer. Uh, Rangers going about as close as they've come so far. Philippe Hollander towering header six yards out and it just flies over the bar Andy, close Yeah, it was actually, Livingston probably had the best chance of the game um, um, first of all and you know Marvin Bartley breaking up play in the middle of the pitch and and, and got a counter-attack and it was an ex-teammate I mean Jason Holt had a strike at goal that Philippe Hollander did well to block since then Rangers have had a couple of chances Joe Aribo and then you know, they're certainly their best chance there Philippe Hollander I think Guffrey does well to to contest it make it difficult for him but he'll probably disappoint that he never hit the target Just where we've got you on the line Craig as a Celtic fan I wonder if you'll give us your thoughts on this Stevie Clark um, says he's focusing on taking Scotland to next year's World Cup that's despite many callers on this show and various people on social media touting him as a potential for the new Celtic manager uh, this came about in a Q&A session with an Edinburgh based team called Club uh, Club Team United sorry uh, which supports young people with autism helps them overcome social barriers he took time out to do a Q&A with them today and he was asked about his plans after the Euros Stevie, are you coming to Celtic in the summer? you're coming after the Euros? <laughs> and that's one of the questions for after <laughs> I think after the Euros they'll go on a big holiday it'll be, it's going to be very tiring uh, and and then we'll then we'll decide what happens. But listen, I've got a contract with the Scottish FA up until December 2022, and hopefully I can take the team to the World Cup finals in Qatar 2022 as well. And then maybe I can think about club football. Not not any sooner, maybe the summer. When you've been in football as long as me, you you tend not to think too far ahead. So I look forward to the games in March, and if we can win all of them, we can concentrate on the Euros after that, and then then we'll see what happens. 
Whether that's completely knocked in the head or not I, I suspect it's, it's not the case But Craig, Stevie Clark Or anyone else who's tickling your fancy at this stage? I think Stevie Clark's a fantastic coach I, I just don't think the way Celtic play football And that forward expansive way they play it I just don't think Stevie Clark is necessarily the right, the right man I also don't think he's the right fit I think first and foremost We've identified that it's going to be a director of football Working underneath a chief executive Working alongside a recruitment structure Before I would go and get any manager in the door I think you've got to go and get your director of football in You can go and get your manager in just now You can go and get Eddie Howe I believe contact's been made I think he'd be a good shout I think there is other managers out there But if the director of football comes in And the manager can't get along Then that, that, that just doesn't make sense Sort the director of football out first. I think I think it was Mark Greedy last week had alluded on the show and said that uh, the new chief executive, Mr Mackay, that, that Celtic should be going now to the SRU and saying, look, listen, let's make a deal, let's get this done, let's get this over the over the road now. That needs to happen because he needs to be systematically involved in bringing in who the next chief executive is and who the next manager is. There's no point in him working for the SRU just now and as everybody else try to work around that. He's the man that's going to take Celtic forward. He needs to be involved in that. My opinion on who the next Celtic manager would be, I think Eddie Howe's a, a realistic shout. If you want to, if you want to be unrealistic, Rafa Benitez, I suppose, would be an ideal one for me, but is he going to stay much longer? Saying that, Brendan Rodgers delivered fantastic success, went after two years, so do managers stay long now? I don't think they do. We may. I think this could be a new record. I think we've made it about a week, ten days, maybe, without an Alfredo Morelos uh, controversy. This is not. Um, it won't be one of the more memorable ones. He's been booked for simulation. He's been booked for diving in the box, Andy. Mm. You've just seen it back. My first instinct was dive. Uh, I said that to you. I gave you the old, the old, the universal uh, sign, uh, the for universal diving, yeah. sign language for diving. Uh, haven't looked at it back. I think it's very, very similar to the Yeti one for me. That there's contact there, but it seems as if Alfredo is looking for it, and he's almost trying to invite that contact and go down and be clever about it. For, but for me, I, I, I think the right decision was made. I mean, Jim, not that anyone ever really cares what I think, but it mm. certainly looked like a lot more of a dive in real time. As Andy says, you see it back. There's a bit of contact there What did you make of it? Well strangely enough I was the opposite oh, I right. actually thought It was a penalty uh, Although he, he was theatrical But all players are theatrical When they fall But I actually thought It was a penalty To, to start with And then You know As he kind of Smiled when he got up And the referee I thought well it can't be But then when I seen the replay I actually do think um, The keepers clipped mm-hmm. him And again we could, You go back to this I mean listen He is falling down But the keeper has clipped him The ball's maybe out of play All these sort of things But I'm not, I'm not quite sure it's an actual dive You know, I think as I said I think he exaggerates the fall But it's one of those ones where I think it's 50-50 But the first time I've seen it I thought it was a penalty uh, And then there's a huge chance for Scott Arfield He puts it by the post Andy, this doesn't always mean anything Because whether this is the new friendly Alfredo Morelos Who is stopping play in European games to be nice uh, He didn't complain He didn't complain at all um, I don't know if we can read into that uh, maybe I can a little bit Because he usually know. does complain <laughs> So um, I mean it was an incredible Sign of sportsmanship last week uh, I think I think the Europa League We've actually always Sort of seen the best of Alfredo Morelos And over the two Over the two games He was 
nothing short of unplayable. Eight, eight goal, eight, eight goal involvements over the two games, and, and you know, incredible. I, actually, looking at the the second replay, the first replay looks as if there's no contact whatsoever. The second replay, you can see that the contact's there, but I don't know. I just feel as if sometimes replays don't really show. Although they show the contact, I think in real time you sort of seen as if he was trying to look for that. You think John that Beaton got it right. all the way down? I do feel as if John Beaton got it right. All right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We'll probably argue about that for six weeks. That's <laughs> the way these things uh, pan out in this part of the world. John is in Bishop Briggs. What's your point or question for the panel, John? All right, guys. Uh, working, John? Just about, uh, Nathan, Nathan Patterson playing the Rangers squad tonight. Mm-hmm. Just uh, obviously Edmonston and Jordan Jones received a seven match ban. For obviously the same COVID breach and it's never that a fair fair but can name a band I've been allowed to play. It's just been clearly overlooked. Uh, just what's your uh, your point in that? I mean, I, my assumption is, Jim, that this is mm-hmm. this is timing. Yeah. Callum Callum Patterson. Nathan Patterson, Nathan Patterson and yeah. his four pals will, I would imagine, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, nothing would surprise you in Scottish football at times, but it's it's not that it's been overlooked. It's that the punishment hasn't come yet. I think that's the assumption yeah. most people. Yeah, are it's not it's not been fast tracked or anything like that. You know, and there's not been uh, you know it's not it's not like the compliance officer um, deals with these things. You know, this is this is something that probably will get done. But as I said earlier on in the in the program, I'm surprised that it hasn't been done a little bit quicker because obviously, while while they're still deliberating over it. Nathan mm. Patterson can play him, which of course gives Rangers a slight advantage. It won't; it's no impact on on what will happen uh, with the title. But mm. as I said, you know, you can understand why some uh, people think, well, you know, why why is uh, some players been dealt with and other ones not? But I think it will well, be done. But it'll be done over the next the next period of time. T- to be fair, though, from memory, and someone more than happy to correct me if I'm wrong here, there was m- more than two weeks between mm-hmm. Jordan Jones and George Edmondson's crime, if you want to call it that. And their suspension, John. I think the suspension did come uh, over two weeks later. So is is that not natural then that we would accept this? Um, expect the same for Nathan Patterson, and, and maybe the, the suspension or any potential punishment would come later this week or next week. Uh, it just seems a the second time happening. It just seems the punishment should have been handled a bit a bit swifter and quicker. Obviously, no the protocols that happening happening at four, so it should seem maybe. Soon as our isolation's up, then it should be up with a seven match ban right away, or possibly more matches because we've went and done it again. Uh, the club has went unscathed this season. They broke CD protocols more than any other club. No, I mean again though, <laughs> this is in line with what's happened before, Jim. I'd see the point mm-hmm. if it wasn't, but from from memory, it was very very early November, one of the first days in November, where this Jones and Edmondson house party image mm-hmm. emerged, and I don't think they were banned until. After mid-November, so there was a, there was at least two weeks yeah, in between. Well, listen, there's a lot of things. You, when you it's have not, to, so, sorry, just to clear up from a, mm-hmm. a governing body's perspective, mm-hmm. when we get all argumentative about mm-hmm. violent conduct and mm-hmm. serious foul play, these are what they call fast track yes. issues. Um, this and the compliance officer mm-hmm. would be involved, but it's, it's just not a fast track yeah, issue. That's what I'm saying it's not fast, track, but you also you have to look at everything. You have to find all the information, all the relevant information, and just say that it's not it's not quite straightforward as because it's in the public eye that this happened. Rangers have said that they have, um, you know, fined the players. There was obviously a period of suspension. They know that they'll probably lose. There's every chance that they'll lose them for a period of time as well. But it just the, the, the process isn't as straightforward as, 
as you say, as a, someone's elbowed, someone's a red card, you know, we'll suspend them from the following week. It does take a little bit of time, and uh, this, I think that's what's going to happen this time around as well, John. Okay, we'll leave it there, John. Thank you very much. We've got a goal in the Hamilton St. Johnson game, and it is for the hosts. St. Johnson, one of the informed teams in the league, flying high after winning the cup, but this is what the Ackies do. Ross Callahan, their top scorer for this season, has found the back of the net. We'll give you a half time report from Hamilton and Livingston next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Andy Halliday in the studio Two big games and a dramatic end to the half in Livingston Let's get the story of that with Andrew McLean yeah, Livingston nil, Rangers nil, a half-time score at the Tony Macaroni Arena. A game that started off pretty slow but picked up a bit as it went on. There was a couple of early chances for Livingston. Pittman dragged a shot wide. Riley hit one straight at Alan McGregor as well. Then Riley had to come off with a hamstring injury. On came Scott Robinson. He was involved pretty early on in his appearance. He cut the ball back to the edge of the box for Jason Holt. His strike was blocked by Philip Hellander. And then uh, after that, Rebo broke into the box at the other end of the pitch at the byline. His ball across the face of goal looked as if it took a deflection. Uh, it was going towards goal, but Max Stryek turned that one behind. Then 33 minutes in, the closest Rangers have come. Borna Barisic with a corner. Philip Hellander's header just over the bar. Then after that, certainly what will be the talking point of the half. Alfredo Morelos got onto a ball over the top. He got a touch past Stryek before going down. There was contact, but John Beaton thought it wasn't enough. Thought the striker was trying to buy a penalty there and booked him for diving. Then after that, Ryan Kent played a low cross into the box. It rebounded into the path of Scott Arfield, but he skewed a shot wide. Rangers may be frustrated so far. Livingston will be happy with what they've done so far. The halftime score is Rangers nil, Livingston nil, but there was... A bit of drama as the teams were going off the pitch. It looked as if uh, you guys might know better than me what yep. exactly happened there as it was the far side. But I think that Stephen Gerrard may have received a red card from yes, John Beaton. It certainly looks that way. Stephen Gerrard very angry at referee John Beaton on the way off. He was booked at first, um, kept up his protest and then John Beaton produced a red card. So it looks like Stephen Gerrard has been sent off at half time. And have you ever seen Stephen Gerrard as angry at an official as that at half time coming off the pitch no no I think that's the first time I've seen that type of reaction from him and I'm surprised you know given the given the comfortable uh, position Rangers are in the, t- uh, the title but it just shows how passionate he is and how much he's he's looking for Rangers to maintain this unbeaten running and, and get back to winning ways tonight and it, it's a difficult one it really is it, when you see it I get, we've, just, we've just watched the replay together again in the first replay it looks like it looks like a dive. It looks as if there's there's not anywhere near enough contact for Alfredo Morelos to go down. Then the second replay, you see there is contact there as he sort of try to huddle the goalkeeper. Is it enough to go down? I'm not too sure. But like I just said to you at the break, there, I, I feel as if if VARs in the country the way football is just now, I think they'll, they'll give a penalty. I think it's very very similar to the incident uh, Stephen when Stephen Davis gave away the penalty against Antwerp. You know they go to VAR, they see the contact there, they feel as if it's enough to go down. I, I do. It's a real grey. I feel as if the booking's harsh, but I feel as if John Beaton might have got it right without with with no penalty. All right, let's bring in Charlie, and we'll put his point to Jim. Charlie's got thoughts on that um, Morelos incident. Charlie, take it away. Well, I just as I'm watching it there, and I tell you one thing: it was a penalty. Um, he touched the. He, he never he never brought him down, but he did touch him in the box, and he went down. Um, and it should have been a penalty. And to give the guy a yellow card there for it, it was unbelievable. And um, Gerard came on at the end there. Me, one of the other would get half a seat. Uh, he's been on there and 
gave, he, I think he even gave um, the under manager a, a yellow card uh, and all, the two of them. I think they were uh, both to Gerard. I thought that at first, Charlie. I thought someone else was getting the yellow, but I think they both went to Gerard and then the red came out for him. I mean, he's too smart to tell you the truth, but uh, I mean, as Gerard spoke um, we will buy there about consistency. You know, um, it's always the same with Rangers. You always get this. You know what I mean? And they were, that's, that's the reason why Gerard's come on at the end there. But, but see, see, on, see on that, Charlie, because we're going to end up just opening a big can of worms, which is fine, but Rangers have had loads of penalties this season. So when you say we always get this, they don't always get denied penalties. John Beaton's made a call, Jim Duffy. For some people, he'll have got it right. For some people, he'll have got it wrong. Um, let, let's deal with that incident rather than having it feed into a big wide-ranging theory about how Rangers are treated or how other people are treated for now I'm sure we'll get back yeah. to that Listen you know, managers and fans of, of, of each club always think their team's harshly treated we saw uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the weekend in a, an interview saying that you know the Chelsea always say that we get penalties and you know <laughs> I think the stats show that they do get a lot of penalties but you know Rangers got a lot of penalties because they're in the, the opposing team's box more often than most other teams and the bigger teams generally are so there's going to and there's going to be more decisions to be made as well but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm never one for for thinking. Oh, the you know the, the they're harshly treated. They're not harshly treated. We we've looked at it. The three of us, all all, all different opinions at different times. We, we thought it might have been apparently, and then we think it's not. So it's, it's a, and well, he's, what, what he, do you make of it? You've now seen no, it a few I, more I, times. As I said, I thought it was a penalty. That's me yeah. personally. But Charlie's saying, oh, he, he, you know, there wasn't a, a, enough to him, but there was contact. And again, it all depends in, 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 in how much contact. But as I said, if he nicks it by the goalie, which again, he's already on his way up, right? Don't get me wrong, but to me, he's on his way up to try and huddle the goalkeeper. And then, as I said to the goalkeeper, brushes into him. And it, it, but as, as Andy said, if we do have the VR, I think that that would be given as a penalty. And that's the reason why I think it is a penalty. I think there was a, the, you know, he doesn't get the ball, the, the ball's not past him, it connects with the player. To me, that's a penalty. I can't tell you, uh, off the back mm-hmm. of what Jim's saying. I, I can't disagree with that because I just feel as if that's the way football's going just mm-hmm. now. That any sort of, you know, mm-hmm. Charlie mentioned the word consistent. I've always been consistent in my opinion. You know, we t- we talked about uh, a couple of incidents that were very similar. Uh, yeah, he won at Kilmarnock and the the Greg Taylor one at St. Mirren. I just don't. For every contact doesn't mean it's a penalty, uh, but it, it's a real grey area in my opinion. And it's a mm-hmm. three of us, three of us in here have different opinions, and it's just I think the way football's going just now. If there's VAR in the country, it's a penalty. But for me, I just don't think there's enough contact. Here's the thing. Like we said, we don't have VAR. And I saw one of the Rangers staff is showing Morelos the, the, the footage, presumably, on an iPad, by the way, um, as he's walking off the pitch. And you can clearly see contact. That's where the controversy is going to yeah. come from. Can you at least understand... Well, I think you've already shown your hand, Andy. You can understand why on one view, at full t- speed, John Beaton gave... The yellow card, yes. Yeah, but uh, looking back, I certainly think a yellow card's harsh. But it's the assistant on the side, Gordon, has got, he's looking right at it. There's no one blocking his view. So he can decide or he can see whether there's there's any contact there or not. As I said, and I think Stephen Gerrard's very unhappy with the penalty, but also right on half time, there was a challenge. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, I wonder if that's and, part and of And the it. referee blew for half time right at that particular second, which is very unusual because generally speaking, you would you would you know you'd play out the free kick, um, you know, or, or the corner. I know I know it's not in the law, and and and, the, and if they think it's time up, it's time up. But in the spirit mm. of the game, it's it's quite unusual for that to happen. So I think 
that as well as as the Morelos thing I think is obviously infuriated him but it is, it is unlike him uh, to pick up uh, and I think particularly when you have the first yellow card because Gary McAllister I think comes over and tries to kind of edge him away and, uh, and he's not having any of it so he's picked up a, a, another yellow card and he'll have to sit in the stand listen it's not a big deal to sit in the stand there's no one here he can still <laughs> Shout he could down some, some information if he wants to but yeah as, as a, I think that that just shows you that he believes that his team has been harshly treated but it's certainly not yep. something that happens on a, a regular basis as Charlie was suggesting Right Charlie going to have to leave it there because we need to get a half time report from Hamilton as well Hamilton against St Johnson here's Alison Half time is Hamilton 1 St Johnson nil. St Johnson with most of the possession most of the chances but it's Ross Callahan's wonderful curling effort that has Hamilton un in front at half time. Scott Tanzer fired wide for the visitors quite early on in the game. Then Guy Melamed was denied twice by Ryan Fulton in the Hamilton goal before Jason Kerr headed well over the bar. Then against the run of play, it was Ross Callahan, a lovely right footed curling shot into the top corner to give the Ackies the lead. Then just before half time, another couple of chances for St Johnston. Craig Bryson's low effort went just past the post before Liam Craig's strike was saved by Ryan Fulton. So Hamilton with what could be a vital goal to lift themselves off the bottom of the Scottish Premiership. Halftime it is Hamilton 1, St Johnston 0. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. I'm getting more desperate every night That is two clean sweeps in a row for the pundits Two weeks ago And last week And Monday And Tuesday you, Seriously Somebody needs to put this run to an end I can't put up with it I'm always on your side I always want the listeners to win We need to do something about it 01419511025 Your chance to beat the pundit is next And your call needs to be in before 7 o'clock Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy are here The second half's just getting underway In our two big games in the Premiership this evening As we told you just before the news Hamilton Ackies take a 1-0 lead in at the break Against St Johnson Thanks to Ross Callahan. It's goalless at Livy Not a lot had been happening And then all of a sudden The game kind of sprung into life with high drama Stephen Gerrard is now watching the second half In the stand Because he gets sent off as he was walking off the pitch Because Alfredo Morelos was booked for diving he tried to protest with John Beaton, did Stephen Gerrard, and it didn't go the way the Rangers manager wanted. So I'm sure there's a lot of mileage left in that debate. If you want to share your thoughts, please do. And definitely, between now and 8 o'clock, we'll look at the Scottish Cup restarting as well. Let's do this first, though. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. I'm saying it every night, but we need to stop this winning run that the pundits are on. It was a clean sweep two weeks in a row, and they've got off to a winning start. I mean, I must admit, Monday night, Keevans won the contestant nil. It was it was oh. it was horrible to watch, horrible. <laughs> but he got over the line, and um, he got the victory. Let's see what we can do tonight. Uh, Graham is in Renfrew on to play tonight. How's it going, Graham? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. Good stuff. Now, Graham, here's the thing, right? As he likes to remind everyone Andy Halliday has never lost Ever At Beat the Pundit no, And he's played he many legend, times However However I think this could be the night That you might be able to catch him on the hop Because his pre-show preparation not, <laughs> as, not as good as usual Are you willing to come clean To the listening audience As to how you weren't Kicking the backside off Missing the start of the show Is that because of my, my nap? Did you fell asleep uh, <laughs> I fell asleep on the couch And 
and luckily it was actually my, my girlfriend that woke me up at quarter past five. You, you know, they super scoreboard on Wednesday. So my beat the pundit uh, preparation's probably not its, it's peak today, but we'll see how it goes. I get a panicked phone call, can you let me in? I've not got my fob, I fell asleep in the couch. Because Jim Duffy, <laughs> I've, no, and I've noticed Andy Haldy's journey as a pundit on this show. Clearly first week, mm. just turn up, just see what happens, mm. see how... Then he starts to get his teeth into it. He's been learning off Hugh Keevens. He, he then started turning up with notes. Mm-hmm. Bit of research, writing some notes Good. when he gets to the office. No notes, no fob, no clue tonight because he's been asleep on the yeah, couch. I'm sure Robin Nielsen would me take more notes on how to play, never mind uh, beat the pundit, but anyway. Right, it's good to beat the pundit, don't worry about that. Right, I'm going to toss the coin heads. It will be Jim Duffy and tails, it will be Andy Halliday who takes on Graham in Renfrew. So let's see what we've got. Oh, and his heads. I've fixed my tossing technique, and it's Jim Duffy who's going to play against Graham in Renfrew. Andy, you can catch another couple of minutes snap if you want, uh, and then we'll bring you back. Um, producer Chris Are you turning Jim Duffy off Please do Right 30 seconds on the clock Chris Answer as many questions Right as you can If you don't know it Pass quickly And we'll move on To the next one Okay Okay Right good man 30 seconds And your time starts Now Which former Celtic player Won Scottish Young Player of the Year Three times Tell me Where did Rangers Sign Nikita Jelovic from It passed In what year did Hearts last win The Scottish Championship Uh, 15-2015 Who are Man United playing tonight? Pass Who is currently top of Scottish League 2? Edinburgh City Who is the last player to score a hat-trick in an Old Firm game? Pass I'll just guess a player, quick Uh... Right, can I give you that log? Sorry, I was giving you a chance Forrest, no, don't worry, that was wrong anyway, right Going to bring Jim Duffy back Jim Duffy, can you hear us yet? Press the magic oh, button. Yeah, I'm on. Andy, you've got a smile on your face. Favourable questions tonight? No, no, tough. Uh, <laughs> I think I've done all right, but right, okay. Let's find out what Jim's got for us. Jimmy, ready? Yep, sure. Right, thirty seconds. Your time starts now. Which former Celtic player won Scottish Young Player of the Year three times? Uh, Sean Maloney. Where did Rangers sign Nikita Jelovic from? Oh, pass. In what year did Hearts last win the Scottish Championship? Oh, 2016 Who are Man United playing tonight? Oh, not a clue Who's currently top of Scottish League 2? Uh, Queen's Park Who was the last player to score a hat-trick in an old firm game? Uh, I don't know, firm game Alan McCoyst Okay, okay Graham, how do you think that went? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad Jim is as bad as that was, to be <laughs> honest <laughs> I don't think it was a classic I, I, I noticed sure. assessment no. I always I'm normally quite good as well Is it different <laughs> when the pressure's on? Uh, totally, I'm shaking I can't believe I'm shaking I'm unbelievable Right Graham Calm yourself Take a breath Right Let's find out what the damage was like um, I always want the listeners to win But more so than usual Because we need this run to come to an end yeah. Which former Celtic player won Scottish Young Player of the Year three times It was Kieran Tierney Three in a row right. 16, 17, 18 Graham got it Jim Duffy did Good, right, good start Right okay 1-0 to Graham Where did Rangers sign Nikita Jelovic from? Rapid Vienna Rapid Vienna mm. None of you got it yeah. In what year did Hearts Last win the Scottish Championship? It's 2015 Graham was mm. that a guess? Oh yeah, total Random guess <laughs> Jim when you're I was going to say 2010 sometime I had to think about it a wee bit But was it with actually 16 Yeah you were year one year out, out yeah. So it's 2-0 Is that no When they actually concluded Was it the 15-16 no. no, season? No it wasn't <laughs> Um 
14-15 Who are Man United <laughs> playing tonight? Crystal no. Palace I don't no. think any of you got that right yeah, uh, Who's top of Scottish League 2? See we've got a lower league mm-hmm. expert mm-hmm. in here Graham. You were always going to be up against uh, it Queen's uh, Park So he pulls mm. one back Which means it all comes down to this last question Who was the last player to score mm. a hat-trick in an old firm game? Graham said pass Then paused for about 5 minutes mm. Then said James Forrest And Jim Duffy said Ali McCoy mm. Andy Halliday Edward Moussa Dembele You remember the, mm. the infamous Well the famous Depending on what side mm-hmm. It was infamous for, for Mark Warburton's side As I'm sure Andy Doesn't need me to remind him And famous for Moussa Dembele A 5-1 win Which means mm. Finally The pundits <laughs> winning streak Is over Graham and Renfrew You can stop shaking The sign ball is on its way Well done I would love to say I deserved that I think it was more Jim <laughs> oh, me, on, Don't you dare I'll, I'll happily say Take that. the credit Graham. You're the man this Graham, been... Graham you're, you're like The sporting Mensa You were on there I mean <laughs> Encyclopedic knowledge Graham, listen Kieran Tierney was a good answer And mm. you guessed 2015 So uh, yeah 2-1 not, not a classic but my, my phone's already buzzing Getting slaughtered Obviously get slaughtered. <laughs> of course, right. uh, As you do My phone will be buzzing as well Jim don't worry <laughs> I'd rather have been Andy To be fair But I'm, I'm glad I'd have won I'd have won Can I just make a, a quick point I know you're on the edge of the now, No but on you go uh, Just in the Alfredo Morelos When Gamma Rangers fan Obviously mm-hmm. But just, just in my opinion Is there, is there something that, that Obviously the compliance officer can do in regards to looking back at yellow cards that were given incorrectly. Only for well n- no. No is the answer generally, but for simulation, yes is the answer. So in this in this occasion that yellow card could be could, could be, be taken. Away. Yeah. Right, okay. So there we go. Not for not for tackles or anything like that. What is it? Simulation, mistaken identity. Uh, I'm not sure Those are the main ones So yes To answer Graham's do you know question how, Do you know how Inte beat the pundit I am Very That Rangers went 1-0 up From a corner Golson header I thought it was 1-0 Until 2 minutes I've just looked at it still 0-0 i never seen it get disallowed Neither did I Did oh, they score Offside yeah, <laughs> didn't all right, offside. O- offside, offside, yeah. He was offside, just, but he was, and it was. It's quite strange because again, Stephen Gerrard clenching his fist, standing up, celebrating the goal, which is quite unlike Stephen Gerrard again. So he's obviously had, uh, he's getting a wee bit mm. feisty uh, down at down at uh, the Tony Macaroni uh, Stadium, Tony Macaroni, Tony Macaroni Stadium. Usually, when you're sent to the stand, you're in amongst the fans, mm. and you couldn't get a message across. Two things here: that's mm. not a big stadium; it's, it's mm. pretty shallow, and there are no fans. I wonder if Stephen Gerrard will just bark instructions as normal. I take it you're allowed to do that, Jim. I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, you can shout, shout down, doesn't it? So you can't, you can't pass instructions on. But uh... who are the managers that have taken the mick out of that? And Arsene Wenger was the classic, wasn't oh, it? Was the climbing top of the <laughs> climbing top of the dugout. The dugout. Yeah, man of his age. Uh, there's there's been there's been a few I think over the years that uh, you know have just um, tried to you know stay in the, the seats next day or the the one right behind it and obviously some stadiums um, you know you don't have quite the same facilities but I, I don't think Stephen Gerrard will mind too much uh, particularly if his team managed to nick a win. I, I got a bit worried there. I could see smoke coming out the corner of the mm. stadium. Fireworks. I thought we had in it, but yeah, somebody's letting off some. Celebratory fireworks I don't know what they're celebrating right now To be fair It's nil-nil And uh, still waiting on the breakthrough Let's bring in Stuart and Coatbridge See this is the beauty of live radio This is why between 6 and 8 You never know what twist and turn It's going to take You might have thought this was a drab game All of a sudden something happens The topic of conversation changes And the phone calls light up So Stuart wants to talk about that Morelos penalty The Gerard red card What was your take on it Stuart? Oh the referee was wrong Very wrong In my opinion yep. on, both, on both counts yeah, all right. But after the game, even after the game, and 
all the gel went up to him and said to him, I don't like to speak to you. And he said, you could hear the back of the gel saying, I go, OK, you're not going to speak to me. And he just walked on, then you couldn't hear the mic, and then he turned around and gave me a yellow card. And then Gerald said something else, and then he red card him. But the Morelos, Morelos, come back to Morelos, the pace on him, you could see the pace, he was at full pace when he was getting into the box. The goalkeeper definitely touched him and down. And I think Morelos knew, if he, he must have knew with a pit, and he turned around and was shocked when he got yellow carded. And I think that's why he didn't react. If he'd reacted, he'd have been off as well. I, I, yeah, well, let's let's look at both sides. We, we'll get back to the penalty incident, but since we've done that, but already, let, let's start with Stephen Gerrard's sending off Andy and Jim because you two are, are involved in the game. I don't know what Stephen Gerrard said. Obviously, none of us do. But is there a frustration from you guys that, that referees can't be approached and, and can't be spoken to and, and are too quick to dismiss you in those incidents? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good point that Stuart makes. It was actually it was one that I noticed in the the second replay we got at half time. It does look as if St- Stephen Gerrard's initial pro- initial approach as he is relatively calm. It does look as if he's trying to have a genuine conversation with John Beaton at the time. But listen, like you says, I can't. I, I don't know exactly what's mm. been said. I don't know what type of language he's he's using. But it does look as if he's trying to have a calm approach to have a conversation. The two of them sort of continue to walk and. And John Beaton sort of walking away, and that's when he starts to get agitated and more frustrated. And then, obviously, the the, the two yellow cards end up coming his way. And it's something we've, I, I've said on this show plenty of times. I think for me, referees are, are going to make mistakes. They're humans, just like players do, just like managers do, just like we all do in day to day life. I think the biggest thing is just communication and 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 understanding of why certain decisions are being made. So I don't know if that's where. Stephen Gerrard's frustrations led to, like you said, we're unsure of what words were used, but yeah, I, th- I think it was a, a good point that Stuart, Stuart brought up. Like I said, Jim, w- without knowing what exactly was said, but but generally, is that a frustration that sometimes the referees almost are, almost making it worse or riling you up more by giving it the old get away and kind of hand in the face or refusing to talk to you or whatever it is? Yeah, but they brought in the yellow card to try and defuse that situation. You know, I think in the past, you know, they, they did just, they just like send you to the stand and things like that. But now they give you the yellow card, which is should be the warning for Stephen Gerrard then just to, mm. just to walk away, even if he is frustrated. They were both in quite quick succession, though, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, but he's obviously said something back. He's bitten back. And, and listen, you know, been a manager a long time myself the, the, the thing that does frustrate you is sometimes you get treated a wee bit with contempt particularly if you're not swearing if you're not overly aggressive the, you get to get that dismissive kind of brush you away don't talk to me you know obviously you're not supposed to go into the pitch to approach the, the, the referee so the, 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 this is in both sides but I would have just liked to have seen John beating the brandish, brandish a red card and then just hold his He's, he's, he's bit a little bit Let Stephen Gerrard walk away Stephen Gerrard was walking off the pitch Anyway so But unfortunately that's yeah. just um, the, 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 Some some referees are a, a, a little bit um, You know Stricter than others When it comes to uh, Opinion should we say Is your manager not just Had a bit of a A suspension due <laughs> yeah. to I think that was John Beaton as well Was it not? Yeah a couple of Two game bans I think he's mm. back now and and like you're saying, he's in the stand, but you can still hear pretty much every mm-hmm. sort of instruction he's wanting to say. So I suppose that's can one you? benefit. Because, right, I come at this from a media perspective, and he's the quietest talker ever. I used to have to turn my recording device or whatever it was up to the max because Robbie Nielsen's the quietest talker ever. Yeah, but when you've no one in three games, right, that okay. volume of talking can sometimes rise. Yeah, it's funny that. Um, so sure, on the on the penalty, then definitely a penalty for you. Hundred percent, and I think uh, Rangers will definitely. 
They'll definitely say a bit like Carlos Morelos, uh, and I don't think there'll be eleven players each in the park the way the referee's going as well. I don't know. It's just something about about the game. The now, uh, but I've got to give uh, Gerald a wee bit of praise. It's a young boy, Parson. He's playing well tonight. He's get back in the team and he's playing well definitely tonight. Yeah, I guess it remains to be seen how long he'll be able to stay in if there is a a Scottish FA punishment in line with some of the others uh, that we've seen. Andy, you. I'm not sure you were quite in agreement I thought you you, you mentioned you thought he'd started a bit yeah, nervy I thought, Yeah I thought he started started the game really nervy um, First couple of touches it was uh, you know, his first touch let him down Ball going at the pitch and then a couple of long balls that he tried to play in behind Sort of went out and I just felt as if I don't know if He feels a little bit more pressure on him tonight to, to perform and, and get the manager's trust back Like I said I think he went a long mm. way doing that in the Antwerp game uh, I thought he started the game nervy but certainly settled into it a little bit more like Rangers have in general to be honest and, and, and starting to dominate possession and, and create more chances Stuart Max on Twitter he says question for the panel is going down too easy i.e. contact but perhaps not enough to constitute a foul the same as simulation because it seems like Morelos was guilty of the former but not the latter refs say players have to go down uh, to win penalty kicks now yeah and it's a good point again it's like we, t- we talked about it when we had the old Mark Guidi Fraser Wisher uh, yeah. standoff, which was one that I, was, I enjoyed very much. So yeah, as a player, that you know, there's certainly incidents more more often not outside the box where you have been filled. You try to do the honest thing and stay up and and continue playing. And, and we talk about advantage. Sometimes that doesn't happen, and uh, you don't end up getting and brought back for the fill. And I think that's something that you see quite mm. a lot in the box when players try to be honest and stay on their feet and and you know try and get a shot off or, or crossing the box. Sometimes, you know. If they did sort of go down off the contact while a penalty had been made, it's, a, it's certainly a. a yeah, was a it was it Tony discussion. Watt Gordon that, that um, stayed on his feet and Graham yep. Alexander? I think I think it was the referee had actually it's supposedly game, said that if he'd have went down, he'd have probably made mm-hmm. a decision. And and this is the thing. I mean, you hear it all the time with commentators saying, "Well, they've asked the referee to make a decision." If a player doesn't go down, mm. you know, I, I, I mean, and I think maybe. Once in my, my my life, I've seen a penalty given for a a tug, and the player didn't go down, and the referees give a penalty. But more often than not, if they stay in their feet, it won't be given. Now let's bring in David and Pollock Shields and get his take on it. Hi, David. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for having us again. Pleasure. Aye, uh, what an awful decision. I mean, even in real time, I, my instant thought was penalty, um, and then I hear the referee blow his whistle, and I'm thinking penalty, and then no, he brings out a yellow card for Morelos and I was dismayed gobsmacked and the replays all show it you know there's clear contact he's running at full tilt clear contact for the goalkeeper of course he's going to go down um, and it's a penalty kick all day long um, and once again it's, it's something think, that I think you think there's enough is there enough contact there David that's always going to be the question isn't it no yeah. definitely enough put it this way um, I, I, I'm minded of uh, the contact that Stephen Davis gave against the Antwerp player mm-hmm. at the end of the first half of the first leg at Ibrox, which was a lot less than the contact that the Levy keeper gave to Morelos tonight. Right, you're right then. You're right. So if, if and I get where you're going with this. If that's the standard, then you think tonight's is a penalty. But be honest, did you think that Stephen Davis' decision was correct at the time? Uh, no, I thought that was uh, too soft a contact. I think you're right in the sense that there is definitely a, a, a defining because, you know, the the Antwerp player was nowhere near going full tilt against Davis compared to Morelos against the Levy keeper tonight. 
Morelos was running at full tilt. There was, there was a big difference mm. there. And there was a lot more contact from the goalkeeper. You can see it right down his shin. And it's the it's the last angle where the camera's on the, the sort of right touchline uh, looking straight at it. Basically the same view I think the linesman should have had. Uh, so if the referee can't give it, surely the linesman must have seen it. Um, and the fact that he's brought the yellow card out means that, to me, in the referee's mind, he's 100% certain that there was no contact. Yep. I... How he could possibly be 100% certain that there was no contact in real time defies belief. This is the beauty of it, Jim. Opinion. Andy Halliday, it's the Andy Halliday derby, but he's already told us mm-hmm. which side he's got more of an allegiance to. Mm-hmm. He felt... At full speed That was the right decision And even after some of the replays So I'm not saying Andy's right God, Far from it But it, it does just show that we, we still have to make allowance For that split second Personal interpretation Before yeah. we go off on tangents about You know <clears throat> Reputations and Theories and, and all the rest of yeah, it Yeah I mean if you go to uh, your Referees meetings They'll tell you As that ball is played over The referee gets him, tries to get himself In a position where they can see it And then he looks to see Right was a contact made um, You know again You know the the, the 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 goalkeeper get any of the ball All these kind of things All these things going through the, the, the referee's head in a millisecond And as David was saying He had to be convinced That there was no contact And that was a dive That's why he booked Alfredo Morelos Now I didn't agree with it you know, obviously, since we've looked at it, but the the only the only justification you can have uh, to the referee he is he doesn't have all of those angles. This particularly, as David said, the last one he is a split second to make that decision. As far as I'm concerned, as far as a lot of people concerned, he got it wrong. Um, but you know, as a as a split second, and and I, I said a lot of players will nick it by the goalie. And then kind of jump into him I, As I said I, I thought the goalkeeper Clipped him And, and as, as he says The pace he's going at He doesn't get the ball He clips the player Therefore for me It's a penalty But As I said I, I can kind of get the referee A little bit uh, get, Give the referee A little bit of a um, Justification but Just because He's obviously Totally convinced in that That's the reason why He gave a yellow card This is not to say That it was the right Or the wrong decision Andy But there was, there was something Quite Um was there something quite dramatic about Morelos's jump? <laughs> Is that because he's trying to get over the keeper? I I, I don't know. But Davidson, you know, he, he was going at full full tilt, so any touch. But he he was sort of off the ground, wasn't he? Is that because he's trying to get over yeah. the keeper? Or yeah, I definitely think he was trying to hurdle the goalkeeper. Um, you know, at first, I, I mean, David's got some eyes. I say because at, at full speed initially, I thought there was no contact whatsoever. I, I don't know if obviously I'm wrong because since seeing the replay, there is contact there. Uh, I do feel as if Alfredo is trying to try to um, hurdle the goalkeeper. And to be honest, it's only really Alfredo that can tell us if there was enough contact there for him to go down. It's but, just from, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't hurdle the goalkeeper, he gets injured. So he, he has to hurdle the goalkeeper. If he stays on his feet, planted, and the goalkeeper clatters him, yeah, he might get a penalty, mm. but he might also get seriously injured. So m- most most players that get through in the goalkeeper will nick it and then try because one, if they get over the goalkeeper, they've got an empty goal, and then two, the goalkeeper clips him. Apparently, so I, I I think he was he was harshly treated in that particular. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a booking, but I, I just mm. feel as if the way football is going just now, that mm. any contact's a penalty. Yeah, it's just it's mm. for me. It's just again, I, I I make no apologies for bringing up earlier instances like the Yeti one, the the Stephen Davis one in the Europa League, the the Greg Taylor one. Just because there's contact doesn't mean it's yeah. a penalty. It doesn't mean there's enough to give a fill in the box. It's just. Uh, 
I, I, I do get it that he was running behind he was running at full speed he is trying to hurt the goalkeeper so maybe there was enough contact for him to go down no he can answer that but I just think the way football was going just now it's just so soft Right David thank you for getting in touch we're going to give you a good full time teaser next get a pen and paper if you need it and I'll give you those Scottish Cup dates I've been promising them all night what a congested time of it we're going to have between now and the end of the season lots of football to look forward to Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy are here It's 0141-951-1025 To get your call in You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB Let me give you this teaser Crazy Pony Sent a batch of these in And I've been kind of working my way through them But we always want as many of your questions as possible So it's full time At Clyde1.com If you've got one Can you name the last eight players And I think you've had a variation of this before Eight players to move on a permanent transfer From the Bundesliga To Celtic or Rangers Can you name the last eight players To move on a permanent transfer From the Bundesliga To Celtic or Rangers um, How far back we're going here Andrews Tom no. Stefan Kloss Yes Paul Lambert Yes mm. Christian um, Nerlinger Nerlinger yeah. Yes Okay That's a good start The Borussia Dortmund connection there Two to Rangers One to Celtic We'll leave it there That's three out of eight Name the last eight To move on a permanent transfer From the Bundesliga To Celtic or Rangers Nerlinger Kloss and Lambert so we'll leave it there you've only got five to get you can play along at home of course right big news today um, on a couple of fronts but most notably uh, the Scottish Cup because we've got the confirmed news that the Scottish Cup will go ahead and we've got the dates for it so I don't know if you want to write these in your uh, in your diary I don't necessarily expect you to remember them all but I'll run through them quickly the second round is going to commence on Tuesday the 23rd of March So that's three weeks yesterday um, Andy will be involved Presumably Brora against Hearts Dumbarton for Jim Duffy against Huntley So that's a couple of the ties in the second round The third round will then follow Soon after Saturday the 3rd of April And that's when all the big guns get involved uh, Celtic are at home to Arbroath or Falkirk Rangers will take on Cove uh, Dumbarton potentially could play Aberdeen If they get through Hearts potentially play Stranraer if they get through uh, Fourth round, fifth round All kick in quite quickly So the fifth round is done by the 24th of April Semi-finals at the beginning of May And now the final pushed back a little bit To Saturday the 22nd of May Some of you will have designs On your team getting there That's a little bit interesting In itself Jim But also the fact that it signals the return Of League 1 and League 2 clubs mm-hmm. Now we've not, we don't have confirmation of the leagues resuming for League 1 mm. and League 2 Although we suspect the 20th of March Is it Saturday the 20th of March So in under three weeks time You will play a game having not played for eight weeks from now Is that doable? Yeah, I mean it's, it's going to be a test for players um, You know, the that, that kind of break um, is a long time for Particularly for part-time players And also with the weather we had over that period of time as well With a, you know, a couple of weeks where you probably couldn't even go for a, for a run um, You know, obviously gyms are closed, all these kind of things So it's different from the summer when, when gyms were open And you could at least uh, do, do some fitness work So yeah, I mean it's, going, it's, going, it's definitely going to be a test For all the part-time clubs in particular And all the lower league clubs but I think the the biggest thing is that the players will, will be delighted that they're, they're maybe going to get the chance to to resume playing again because we've all missed it. And as I say, certainly, um, I think as long as all the protocols are, are put in place, 
then players will be looking forward to the challenge, even though there will be a lot of games in a very short, yeah. condensed period. Andy, just your, your general reaction to the news. Did, did you expect the Scottish Cup to resume? No. No. Is that a uh, as a player you? standpoint, you know, obviously I'm I'm happy that the Scottish Cup's back. It's a prestige competition in Scottish football and it you know, it gives us uh, as a football club to try and progress into the competition and do well. But yeah, I I, I th- I'm surprised to see it starting back up again. I think when it lasted this long, uh, you know, the the break for, for low league clubs, I was absolutely expecting the Scottish Cup to stop. Just like you touched on there, if, if low league football was to resume the backlog of games that, that teams mm. are going to have to finish their season, I was fully expecting it not to continue. But, uh, you know, my, my overall feeling is delighted that low league mm. football is back. I've got friends that play in the lower leagues. I, I know how much clubs are, are itching to get back, obviously, for the financial side of it as well. So, yeah, delighted that that's, that's happening. Big chance Rangers into the mm. corner of the box. Morelos, he fires it across the face and it goes wide. Could yeah. he, should he have squared it for? Is, it, is that Eaton or Kent? I can't quite see, but. Mm. Uh, well, first thing he should be doing is hitting the, uh, hitting the target. I think a striker of his quality. Kent did the back um, That is sort of a pattern that's yeah. happened over the last 10, 15 minutes. Livingston's back line certainly a lot higher than it was at the start of the game. Rangers are, are getting a lot yeah. of joy in behind, but Alfredo will be disappointed that he, he never yeah. at least hit the target there. Right, Jim, logistically, what does this look like for League One and League Two clubs? Because like I say, we're awaiting confirmation, but it looks like the league will resume on Saturday the 20th, mm-hmm. 17 days from now. So we've spoken about the fitness aspect And you think it'll be hard on your mm-hmm. players Because they've been out for 8 weeks mm-hmm. You're also going to be required to test Yes When when does that kick in? What, what do you know about when and When are you allowed to start training? Yeah, well we have to test before we start training So we have the players um, You know, to, to come tomorrow Hopefully um, You know, again what commitments and all these things But we have to get them to try and uh, Get the test done So as we get the results back by Friday so that we can get the opportunity to, to start training on Saturday. So you're hoping to train so, this yeah. weekend. So that that that's the plan. And then obviously after that, we, we haven't had, as you say, any notification yet about when, uh, how many league games mm-hmm. they're actually going to play. You know what part of the season is going to remain. But either way, it is going to be a lot of games in a short period of time. So presumably then you're going to have, just to, to keep underlying the, the arithmetic here, mm-hmm. you're going to have 12 days to prepare mm-hmm. for a return having been off for over eight weeks. Yes, I mean, and obviously by the time the games start, and, and you know, we, we probably have about nine weeks or something like that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that that I, I said in part time, you've you've maybe three sessions a week if you can get them in. So we'd probably have five sessions. You'd probably have Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then you know m- maybe uh, you know Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday again. Then you're ready to play. So that's just the nature of it. As I said, listen. We have a duty of care to the players. You know, we have to make sure that the, the players are as fit as possible. Um, Teams will have to use their squads, even if they don't have big squads, because you know the, the you know the muscle injuries will obviously be at risk. But as I said, the most important thing I think from the players' point of view, and, and obviously for myself, is that we miss the game, we miss playing. So everyone will be looking forward to get back yeah. playing again. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, on the face of it, clearly it's a boost. Mm-hmm. Remind me how many league games you've played so far. Yeah, well, we've played nine. We, we've got eighteen games. If if, they, if they're going to play the twenty-seven games, uh, Clyde have only played eight, so they'd be the ninth plus the cup game. But do you obviously. think leagues? One and two From your perspective Can you finish A 27 game season Not, in the, not if the season Has to finish uh, As it should In May the 1st you mean, You're talking then You'd have to play Three games a week Pretty much For that whole period of time To get all of those games in And that's uh, Assuming that you don't Have any games put off For any Hopefully no Covid reasons And even weather So uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't see Unless they extended the season How that could be possible But there is talk about 
A shorter league programme um, You know whether it's half half the league programme As opposed to three quarters as we are at the moment Or um, possibly a split And I think that's getting discussed mm. this evening But as, as we speak I haven't had yeah. any confirmation on um, What direction that's taken On a personal note would, How would you feel about an 18 game mm. season? Is that Is that yeah, I, I don't think no, I don't. I don't think that's ideal. But uh, as I said before, it's they don't really ask the managers when it comes down to this, Gordon. Um, they just make decisions. So no, I don't think it's ideal because obviously we would have, as I say, nine games to play. Other teams might only have seven games to play. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's an an ideal situation at all. But as I said, either way, there, there's no great, there's no great perfect uh, situation at this moment in time. We're just trying to get the best we possibly can. So for me, the best would probably be the split, even though that's still going to be very difficult to fit in. Uh, and Andy, one of the quirks of this is that Leagues 1 and 2 have been permitted to return, um, but the Highland League and Lowland League haven't. So I'm just going to pile a wee bit more pressure on you, right? Because you would have been favourites to beat Brora Anyway, uh, yep. the expectation levels would have been high But you're now going to face a Brora team Who will not have kicked a ball in t- 11 weeks, maybe Yeah, I mean, it's crazy for Brora So they will have to play Hearts having not played football in 11 weeks And I'd imagine they'll still have to get tested for that game as well Yeah, they do, yeah So, I mean, for, for a team like Brora That's probably a lot, lost a lot in finances over, over the missed, missed period Over the last 8 weeks or so you know, mm. testing for that Scottish Cup game is a, it's going to come with a, a quite a lot of expense for them. So I wonder if if the SFA or the governing bodies have got any financial benefit for them for to to complete the fixture because I I believe it might actually come to a couple of teams maybe potentially not filling the mm. for filling the fixture. Would you agree with that, Jim? There's a couple in there. Huntley, as you know, you're due mm. to play Huntley. Yeah. There is a carrot there though of, of Aberdeen potentially mm. in the next round. Uh, Brora are in it. I think Fort Martin could play Motherwell if they get past Annan. Mm. Might we see a couple of teams just just decide not to bother? Yeah, I mean, I think you know they they could put it. You know, obviously, have the players been able to 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 give them do themselves justice? Really, that's what that's the first thing. And then financially, you know, obviously, you know, if they have to get a bus, if they have to travel, or if they have to pay players for taking time off work, it might just not be financially viable for them. So yeah, I mean, there could be a couple of teams that just think, listen, we we'll just forfeit the tie. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple have done that. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't want to see that. You want to see teams competing, and everybody wants to do it. But I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if that was the case for a couple of teams. Right, just to recap, then the Scottish Cup is back soon for most of you who are listening. If you're a fan of a Premiership team, you come in to play the third round Saturday, the third of April. The fourth round is in the seventeenth, and the fifth round is in the twenty fourth. So we're going to make serious progress with the Scottish Cup in that mid section. Of April, and like I say, if you're a if you're a dreamer, if you're an optimist, and you want to know when your season might finish, the final Saturday, twenty second of May. Andy, I've got a bit of a bugbear on this show. I've got loads right, but mm-hmm. one of them is I think the word sitter gets thrown around too often. <laughs> um, I, would would Morelos's header there fall into that category or not? Well, I said five minutes ago he'd be disappointed not to hit the target. I don't know how he's not hit the target with that header there. He's, we all know how good a goal scorer he can be. Uh, He's certainly not going to get a better chance than that uh, for the final 10 minutes. You know, Connor Golson rises his highs to, to knock down a header in a very dangerous area. Two, maximum three yards out for goal. Uh, nobody near Alfredo. And mm. All he's got to do is try and make decent enough contact. Just, on is, it. He, is he just put off by the, the, the onrushing goalkeeper? Of the potentially, and... but um, he's got to at least hit the target again. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's by far and away the biggest chance of the game so far. 
Uh, right, so one four one nine five one one zero two five. Still plenty of time for you to join in. Let's quickly revisit that teaser. You've got Christian Nerlinger, Stefan Kloss, Paul Lambert anymore? Is George Alberts? Yeah. No. No. So he must uh, have been before did that. Andy Hinkle. He came from Sevilla, I think. Mm. I know he is German. I know Craig Moore was at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Mm. Whether it was before or after, but Craig Moore. Uh, He's not there But I'm wondering If that's just The time frame as well so I'll give you a clue Right Lambert's The, the, the furthest, furthest back Is that 95 so, uh, No 97 98 oh, So Moore would have been Before wouldn't yeah. he right, uh, uh, Well I'm out then oh, I'm out I'm the same I've got Mikael Lustig Didn't he come from A German no. club did he uh... Right I'll give you Some mm. thinking time We're going to take More of your calls And mm. full time reports From Livingston And Hamilton All coming up next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy are here. Livingston nil, Rangers nil. That means that the big story is going to be the referee, unless something happens in a footballing sense. Morelos was booked for simulation. Stephen Gerrard was sent off going off the pitch at half time. He wasn't happy. With John Beaton On a footballing sense What it also means is Rangers If it stays this way Cannot Win the title This weekend Or And they have taken the lead Is there a flag? There it is And there Morelos. it is And it's that man Of course it is Alfredo Morelos His teammates are delighted With that one It's Livingston nil. Rangers won 87 minutes Round of applause From the manager There's the goal That we've been waiting on yep. Andy And I mean look at the reaction <laughs> uh, You're not telling me that these players don't want to win the league at the first time I ask and the full bench is, is, uh, is over to congratulate Alfredo and it's been coming. Rangers have been excellent the sort of last 20-25 minutes and, and the pressure eventually pays off. It's great football. Stephen Davis slides down Glenn Kamara. Manchester's got a turn that's a great set from, from Eton and Stephen Davis nearly nearly makes the breakthrough but it's tapped out and Alfredo's in a perfect position. I did say that he wouldn't get a better chance than, than the header but I think he's just <laughs> he got a better one. one there. And yeah, Jim, like perfect. I say, took the words right out of my mouth. Mm. Now Rangers can mm. win the league this weekend mm. if they get a favour from Dundee United on Sunday. Yeah, but uh, Rangers have to do their job and they've done it with, you know, with a couple of minutes to go and that's the reason why you don't take strikers off if they miss chances because... You know, they're getting in there. They're the, the guys who have that natural instinct and provided you've got that mentality, which Morelos has. You could see that header he missed earlier on, his head in his hands, but he's got that extra determination just to keep getting in there. And he just follows in on mm. the off chance that the keeper might just pat it to him. As Andy says, absolutely perfect. Mm. He's got the simple as a task, but he's got to get in there. He's got to get in between the sticks. Whereas if his head had went down, he might have been daydreaming on the edge of the box, but his head didn't get down. And once again, he's been absolutely immense for Rangers. Yeah, he's missed a couple of chances, all strikers do, but in terms of leading the line, threat at goal, he's been immense again for Rangers. I should, tonight. of course, qualify that by saying Rangers would still need to beat St Mirren on Saturday, but you know they needed to do this first. This was the first hurdle. Quickly, on the teaser, the last eight players to move on a permanent deal from the Bundesliga to Celtic or Rangers. You've got Nerlinger, Klaus, Lambert... The one I, I don't know if he, I'm sure he came from Germany, but I don't know if he was Timo Pukki. Yes, from Schalke. Well done. Mm-hmm. Good shout. You've got one more Rangers mm-hmm. and the rest are Celtic to I'm go. Toiling. I'm toiling. Uh, Bayata. No, you'll kick yourself on the Rangers one. What a mm-hmm. player this guy was. I hate it when you say that. I know. I, I you're, you're going doing a list. You know what I mean? What a player this guy was. Is is he? I think he's not German. He's not German. No. 
Snort, snort. Ah, okay. oh, I'm toiling. I'll, I'll get there. And what I would snort. say, and by the way, one of the Celtic, if we're talking Loud about, up, if we're talking about what a player, one of the Celtic ones you're missing definitely that, falls into that, that category. Camera, did that Camara no, play in Germany? But I would say that. That type uh, Sort of Sort of Flair Maravchik Yes Maravchik yeah, yeah. old pal Lubo mm-hmm. Maravchik Okay three to get the Particularly one of the Celtic ones Is more infamous I would say For his move mm. to Celtic But um, Okay well, let's bring in John Who's a Rangers fan in Wisher uh, John you were Angry I guess When you called in Because of the Morelos thing Has that calmed you down at all Your team going in front Yes definitely If I could speak to Alex please uh, good yes. evening panel well, I, uh, I, I, I need to go some It's Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy You'll need to settle for those two I'm afraid Halliday, Sorry Andy Yes uh, It was just I was. I definitely was I was a bit angry In the first half there When I seen the Alfredo situation Obviously it was clearly a penalty Which everybody could see And uh, when the manager Stephen came out Obviously And walked over He's obviously, he's obviously asking the question uh, and then to be given a, a, a retrospective red card, I thought it was very harsh. See, see on that though, John. Right, and this is this is the you, that, that's your opinion, which is fine. I wonder if we can get away from presenting it as fact, though, because you've said it was clearly a penalty, and everybody can see it. Andy Halliday's on the show and told you that he, he wasn't quite so convinced. I'm not saying you're wrong and he's right, or he's right and you're wrong. But does this not just tell us that that split second judgment call? It is going to throw up differences of opinion. Aye, clearly, obviously it does. Yes, but I mean to see it over and over again. Now the situations I've seen before, which are obviously debatable, but it was clear. It was clear at the time. Yep. And when our manager goes and asks the question to be given a, a retrospective red card for that and be sent to the stand, do you not think it's way over the top? I mean. It, it was it was far too quick to give it initially, and and it was at that point I thought, hmm, why is he went so quick? Yeah, John. I mean, I I, I do agree. I, I do think he's got every right to ask the question. My standpoint is, and I, I think I've been very consistent in, on this show in the way I, I, I view penalties. I just think the way football's going these days, I just think any contact seems to be a penalty. And I did also say that I believe if Scottish football does have VAR. I think after the mm-hmm. checkout they've been given a penalty. I did say that. I just feel And that's not to say that you're no, that's happy still, with that. No, no or definitely that's not. The way you would want I, it to go. I, but I just, that's the reality. Yeah, I just think that's the way football is just now. And I and I touched on previous instance, no, connecting with Rangers, the Stephen Davis one at Antwerp. They had that they had VAR. I'm still at the standpoint that was not a penalty, but they had VAR. They went through the all the checks and it was still given a penalty. I just don't think there's there's enough contact to go down. Going off the the booking, I've also said I think the booking's extremely harsh. I do think it's something that Rangers will appeal. And uh, on your point about Steven Gerrard, I did say I feel as if his initial approach to John Beaton certainly looked calm. He certainly looked as if he was trying to ask uh, the the question. And but it's difficult for me to say not knowing what words were used, what what type of language, how they came across. Uh, but unfortunately for Steven Gerrard It looks as if he's going to have a couple of games on the in the stands yeah. It is twofold Jim As as John says There's the, the penalty decision Fine and we've accepted that People are going to see that differently um, and, and then there's the sending off of Steven Gerrard and, and maybe there's a wider discussion there As to what, what managers can and can't do And, and what referees should and, and shouldn't allow Yeah I've said before You know the Listen different referees Andy will no, no, you know he's still Still playing there There are some referees 
you can give a bit to and they'll just tell you to go on your way or just ignore you or whatever happens to be. And there's other referees you just cannot go to at all. You can't see Eden to. You can't discuss the weather. You know, the the, the, the and obviously, as I said, the, the only defence I'll give the referee is he gave Stephen Gerrard a yellow card. So he also gave him the chance to walk away and just go on with it. And Stephen Gerrard obviously thought there was enough frustration there to mm. bite back at him. So... I think Stephen Gerrard's got to know a little bit better, even though, as I said, yeah, I mean, he, he won't bother that much about it. But uh, but he could be missing. He could be missing uh, the day they won the league, you know, from from the the dugout. So um, that, that and and that would be bitterly disappointing for uh, for him if that yep. if it's an actual day. Listen, it won't it won't spoil it in the big picture. But nevertheless, I, I think he's a take a manager. You see him; he's in the dugout. He, he, he's part. He's you know he's, he's involved in the game, and I think he would really miss mm. that if that was the case. Right, we were caught up in it there. My apologies. A few moments ago, I should have told you we've had another massive goal at the bottom, and it's an equaliser for St Johnson. Guy Melamed scored a stunner at Fir Park. Was then. Dropped essentially for the cup final uh, But back in tonight And he has scored the equaliser So that really shakes things up at the bottom It's full time in Livingston Let's speak to Andrew McLean Livingston nil. Rangers won the full time score At the Tony Macaroni Arena And Alfredo Morelos is the hero in West Lothian As Rangers get a big three points here tonight It was a pretty quiet first half for most of it Philip Elander's header over the bar The only real chance But then when Alfredo Morelos got played through into the box He got a touch on the ball past Max Stryak Before going down There was contact on the Rangers striker by the goalkeeper But John Beaton thought the striker was trying to buy the penalty And booked him for diving Steven Gerrard clearly not happy with that And it half-time when the whistle went he made his feelings known to John Beaton the Rangers boss was shown a yellow card but continued to remonstrate before being shown a second yellow which forced him to watch the second half from the stand after the break Rangers had the ball in the back of the net but it wasn't to count a free kick floated in Connor Golton got his head on it he scored but the flag went up for offside after that Rangers started to find joy with balls over the top Alfredo Morelos passing up three opportunities one of those when he forced a low save from Max Dryek and then two within four minutes from a similar position on the right hand side when he dragged the ball just wide then he got an even better chance Connor Goldson knocking the ball down from a corner Morelos by the post a couple of yards out and somehow couldn't get the contact to turn it in but Rangers and Morelos kept on pushing and they finally got their goal they worked the ball into the box Stephen Davis's shot was parried and there was Alfredo Morelos in the right place to tap into an empty net in the 87th minute to give them a late late victory the Rangers players still out celebrating on the pitch at the moment the full time score at the Tony Macaroni Arena is Livingston nil. Rangers won and I think some a small gathering of Rangers fans in the, the corner outside the stadium, yeah, Andy. Is that, like that, that looks like hopefully like uh, socially distanced and whatnot. Um, have we got a full time whistle from Hamilton yet? I don't know if that one was a, a little bit behind. I don't think we do. Um, so maybe we will get some some late drama in that one. And I wonder if we'll even. Oh, it is not. It's full time. My apologies. Let's speak to Alison Conroy. Full time. Hamilton won. St Johnson won. A late Guimela made goal. Um, Stops Hamilton Aki's moving off the bottom of the Scottish Premiership. It was St Johnson who started the brighter. Scott Tanzer fired wide. Melamed was denied twice by Ryan Fulton in the Hamilton goal. 
And then um, Ross Callahan, the 36th minute with a lovely curling shot into the top corner that put Aki's ahead before the break. Aki's then had chances in the second half to go further ahead. Charlie Trafford's shot was gathered by Xander Clark before David Moyo's powerful strike was touched onto the post by Xander Clark. Then just three minutes from the end of the match, it was Guy Melamed equalised for St Johnson, putting the ball past Ryan Fulton for the equaliser. So a blow for Hamilton Aki's as they remain bottom of the Scottish Premiership. It finished Hamilton 1, St Johnson 1. Huge night down there at the bottom. Lots of football still to be played of course. Rangers winning leaving it late and Alfredo Morelos goal in 87 minutes and St Johnson leaving it late to equalise against Hamilton. Right, we need to finish off this teaser. Can you name the last 8 players to move on a permanent deal from the Bundesliga to Celtic or Rangers? You've got Timu Puki, Christian Nerlinger, Lubo Moravchik, Stefan Kloss and Paul Lambert. Toil and Gordon uh, Going back I mean obviously Again you mentioned Paul Lambert But I just can't remember Whether um, At the same time Likes of Alan McAnally And no, Matt no, no, McGee no, so we're, much, we're much more recently Brian O'Neill No we're much no. more recently Than these uh, I think What about the infamous Celtic one right The reason He's infamous Is because A pretty big reputation A, a healthy transfer fee And barely played but I wonder, Jim Duffy, mm. if you were in the unique position to get a closer look at him than anyone else in Scottish football um, in the one game that he played. Aye, um, centre back, Martin Cropper. Sort of. Uh, Is that Roy Cropper's cousin? Ma- Ma- where, compare. Compare. Marvin Compare. Marvin Compare. Uh, Am I right in saying he's one game? Who's, who's Roy Cropper? Oh, it's Gordon Diehl's always telling me about his favourite Coronation Street right. character. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, who does he play for? <laughs> <laughs> um, Marvin Comper. Am I right in saying his one game was against your mortal yes, team? Yes, yes, mm, yeah, I yeah, yeah, in the cup, yeah. Right, um, two more to go. Toilet. Right, one at one each. Um, the Rangers one came from Wolfsburg, Andy. Wolfsburg. <laughs> this guy would have been a hero of yours growing up, I've no doubt. Was, give me a game was Celtic Give me one game it's, See it's not It's permanent isn't it Because yep. Oliver Burke Wasn't permanent nope. was he, he came um, If I tell you his Nationality you'll get it He's from The US of A oh, Claudio Arena Claudio Arena Claudio See told you Told you be kidding yourself Andy um, that's bad for you You used to go there Andy See I, I th- that's why I was saying a game I'm, dra- I'm dragging man, you down Right last <laughs> one then my level. From Freiburg to Celtic Well Freiburg um, Freiburg he again nationality will do it for you. South Korean. Uh, Ki Sung Young. No. No. Chadari. Chadari. There we go. Thank you, Andy Halliday and Jim Duffy. Thanks for all your calls and your tweets. Big night that of football. It means Rangers if they beat St Mirren on Saturday and Celtic don't win at Dundee United on Sunday. Rangers will be champions Hamilton Aki's still scrapping away down at the bottom. We're back at six o'clock. There was a lot to get through tonight. Not only those two big results. But a bit of controversy with Alfredo Morelos and Stephen Gerrard as well. So we will look back on it all tomorrow night at six with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Make sure you join us then. And in the meantime, stay right there. Johnny Campbell is up next. <laughs>